Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, August 13th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 190th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so please be sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good stuff being posted there every day. All right, Lockdown Blackhawks listeners, at 4.30 p.m. Central Time this afternoon, the Blackhawks will take on the Vegas Golden Knights for Game 2 of their Best of 7 first round series, a much earlier start time than Game 1. A little too early for a lot of people out there, I'm sure, but regardless of the time, this is a huge game here for the Blackhawks. After dropping Game 1 by a score of 4-1 to one on Tuesday night, it wasn't a horrible effort, but also not an effort that will win you games more times than not. Only 20 shots on one of the better goalies in the NHL and Robin Leonard. We did not pressure him enough when we had our chances, especially in that third period. We only put six shots on goal when we were trailing by multiple goals. That just cannot happen today as the Hawks, they need to show a little more desperation in their play because going down 2 nothing to a team like the Vegas Golden Knights, I feel like that's nearly impossible to come back from. There's no real home ice advantage besides the matchups, so it's not like Game 3 and Game 4 back in Chicago at the United Center or anything. So for me, I I would consider this a must-win because I think it would just be too much of a hole for a team like the Blackhawks to climb out of at this point, especially against one of the superior teams in the league. The Hawks, they they missed a, a real big opportunity in Game 1 to steal uh, steal one early like they did in that qualifying round against Edmonton, uh, a low-scoring game in the series. So they'll look to do that here today to knock the series up at one apiece. And I say they're going to try and win another low-scoring game today because after Game 1, we heard Blackhawks head coach Jeremy Colleton talk about how his team was playing more of a conservative style. That was the game plan they were going into uh, the contest with to try and make this more of a chess match. And while those games didn't really favor the Hawks in the regular season, they've actually played well in one-goal games so far in these playoffs. So I like this strategy at the moment. I will say, though, if the Hawks find themselves down like 2 to nothing or 3-1, to one, near that midway point, around 30 minutes or so tonight, uh, then they need to go back to opening things up because you know if Vegas gets a third period lead by two goals or more, it's going to be really tough to get back into the game. So for me, I think we do stay conservative in the neutral zone and try to grind things out and win, win the hard way. I think that is a good mindset to go with early on and just try to get pucks on the net at any opportunity that we can. Get bodies there, score some dirty goals, and I think so far in these playoffs, we know that's the way this team is going to have to win. So, based off of Colleton's words, I think the uh, the beginning of Game 2 will be very similar to Game 1. Just a couple of teams trying to feel each other out, Uh, but if Vegas is able to grab uh, a big lead early, then we may see the Hawks go with that run-and-gun stretch that they did so often in the regular season with Kane double-shifting on basically all four lines. Whenever he has enough gas, it's basically, hey, Kane, you good to go? Yeah, go go back out on the ice, buddy. Uh, but speaking of Kane, 
My first key to today's game, Locked on Blackhawks listeners, is Patrick Kane getting back on track for the Hawks. He's gone without a point in each of the last two games now. That's not like the Kaner we know in the playoffs. And I'm sure he's been hearing the talk these last few games. And he's just, he's such a gamer that you know he's aware that he doesn't have any points in the last two games here. So I expect Kaner to get out there with a lot of energy tonight flying around and trying to shoot the puck whenever he can. Now, not that every team in the league surely already knows this, but Robin Leonard likely talked to his new teammates about his old one wearing number 88 in Chicago. I expect their top four of Braden McNabb and Nate Schmidt and then Alec Martinez and Shea Theodore to be all over him once again in this contest, doing all they can to take him out of the game. And it's Kaner's job to not let those guys get in his way. And if he does only get a few opportunities, then he has to make the most out of them. The Blackhawks rarely, rarely win games when he's held off the score sheet. Moving on now to my second key to victory for the Blackhawks today. Corey Crawford and Duncan Keith, both of them need to be two of the best, if not even the two best players for the Blackhawks in Game 2. In Game 1... Crawford allowed a pair of really soft goals that he cannot afford to let in, uh, which was a rare sighting for Crawford in the playoffs lately. Uh, He struggled early on in his career in 2011-2012. That was kind of uh, the repertoire and the knock on Crawford was that he let in soft goals when they mattered, but he answered the critics, and he's been the Blackhawks' best player in the playoffs for a while now, so underrated for the Hawks in the postseason. Uh, But he needs to be that guy here today. He let in a couple shots without really any traffic in front, but he has to be rocking and rolling right from the get-go. And Honestly, I thought the Hawks did a pretty good job defensively for the most part at keeping Vegas's shots to the outside in Game 1. They only uh, wound up with 34 shots on goal in total, which isn't horrible. You'd probably want it closer to the 30 mark, but against this dangerous offense, you'll you'll take that every night, basically. So it's not like the pressure was too much for Crawford to handle or anything. He just straight up missed a couple, and had they not gone in, then that's a completely different game in the final 10 minutes, and who knows, maybe the Hawks get a bounce like they did versus Edmonton and wind up stealing the game. Crazier things could have happened, but... We didn't even get that opportunity because Crawford wasn't as sharp as he needed to be, and if he looks the same here later on this afternoon, then the Blackhawks are going to be in trouble. We need Crawford looking like he was in Game 3 and Game 4 of the qualifying round against the Edmonton Oilers, and I know he's capable of that. He just needs to focus in, and the defense needs to continue to give him some help in the defensive zone for it all to come together. And then for Keith... He was a minus four on Tuesday. That's absolutely unacceptable, and I'm sure he knows it. None of the goals, they they weren't really his fault, but I'm sure he knows that he can do more. He needs to be anchoring that team back there and also creating more offensively for the boys. He and Boquist were only on the ice for two shot attempts, four in their 14 minutes together at even strength, Um, so... He he needs to do more offensively as well. He does already have four assists in this uh, postseason so far, so he needs to continue to be a warrior for the Hawks. I know that's kind of a lot to ask of a 37-year-old, but he wants to be asked that. He He loves the challenge and the grind, and much like Crawford, I know he can do it. So he just needs to be a much better anchor on that top defensive pairing with the 19-year-old Adam Boquist for a win today. 
My final key to victory, Locked On Blackhawks listeners, is the Hawks' power play needs to score a goal. I think if we come up empty on the power play this afternoon, then we're going to have a hard time winning because Vegas, they're just so good at 5-on-5. They have a really strong defense, an outstanding pair of goaltenders, and their offense is always been tremendous since they've come into the league. So overall, just a deep team with and without the puck. But the one area where you can beat them is when they're on the penalty kill. We've talked about it a bunch lately, but just to reiterate once again, Vegas was 27th in the NHL on the penalty kill during the regular season. And yeah, I thought the Hawks had a pretty good effort in Game 1 on the man advantage, but pretty good isn't going to cut it at this point of the year. It's all about whether you put the puck in the back of the net or not, and they didn't do that in the last game. I think they're going to have to do that today to win this game and it starts with Kane and Kubalik. Jeremy Colleton, get those guys in spots to score goals. Get Taze in front of the net. Get Kirby down low. And then, guys, they need to fire the puck on net and show some desperation. Stop waiting for the perfect play to open up. Force Leonard to come up with a couple of saves. I think we saw in Game 1 that if we get some bodies in front of him, there's an opportunity there. Unfortunately, we hit the post three or four times, but if we have the same mentality and can do the same thing here this afternoon, I think there's a good chance those will find the twi- uh, those will find the back of the net this time around. All right, Lockdown Blackhawks listeners, those are my three keys to victory for the Blackhawks in Game 2 today against the Vegas Golden Knights. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to take a look at both the Hawks and the Knights' projected lineups for this afternoon. And later on, I am going to take a look at the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs and give my prediction of the outcome for each series. This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page, at JackBushman2, and my Blackhawks Twitter page, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, as always, be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you may listen to your podcast and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Okay, so I just finished talking about my three keys to victory for the Chicago Blackhawks in Game 2 this afternoon against the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, taking a look at both teams' projected lineups, starting with the Blackhawks, I don't think there are going to be any lineup changes, and there may not even be any changes to the lines, but there has been some talk of things being jumbled up offensively a little bit, but to start the game at least, I think you can expect things to be the same with Dominic Kubelik, Jonathan Taze, and Brandon Saad up top on the first line. Alex DeBrinkett, Kirby Dock, and Patrick Kane on the second line. Alex Nylander, Dylan Strom, and Drake Kajula on the third, which has really been serving as the fourth line in the last couple of games. And then Ryan Carpenter, David Kampf, and Matthew Highmore to round things out with the forwards. If the Blackhawks do go and move around some pieces here, I would definitely like to see Drake Kajula bumped up on the top line with Jonathan Taze and Brandon Saad. We've seen those three have success in the past. In December and January, they were getting some time together. I remember one game against 
the Toronto Maple Leafs, they were playing together, and they had a lot, uh, I believe Taves had a three-point game, um, because I also think you can just move Dominic Kubelik to another line and not lose any production. I would then go with Alex Nylander, Kirby Dock, and Patrick Kane as the second line. Dock and Kane, they both have been two of the better Blackhawks this postseason at making plays and creating uh, opportunities in the offensive zone. And I think if Nylander can't do anything with those two guys, then I'm not really sure he deserves to be in the lineup at this point. That would leave Debrinkit, Strom, and Kubalik as the third line. And while Debrinkit doesn't have any goals yet in the postseason, he does have three assists, so it's not like he's been completely useless. He is getting bodied around in the offensive zone a little bit, but Kubalik, I think he's done a good job at getting into the dirty areas and winning some battles, so I think that would be a good addition there with Debrinkit. And then Dylan Strom, you know your good buddy Brinksy better than anyone. Get something going with him. Find... Uh, a shooting lane for him, or get a good shooter like Kubalik in an open spot, and just get something going offensively. Strom is too crucial of a piece to this offense to have just one point so far. On defense now, I think the pairings are fine. We may see Colleton move guys around from time to time, but overall, I think they'll roll with the normal pairings of Duncan Keith and Adam Boquist, Calvin DeHaan and Connor Murphy, and then Olimata and Slater Cuckoo. And I thought those back four guys were tremendous in game one, but the top pairing of Keith and Boquist, they were not good enough. I've talked about it already in this episode, but they both will need to step up their play and rise to the occasion for the Blackhawks to come away with a victory this afternoon. Taking a look at Vegas now, and I wouldn't expect head coach Peter DeBoer to mix anything up, and why would he? His team has yet to lose a game in these playoffs, and his newly acquired netminder, Robin Leonard, has yet to lose a start, so I would expect him to be back in net for Vegas in Game 2. He only allowed one goal in Game 1, and it came on a breakaway, so I don't think we'll see Marc-Andre Fleury suit up for his first start in the first round this afternoon. Uh, Up top, starting with the forward lines, Vegas rolled with Max Pacioretty, William Carlson, and Mark Stone in Game 1. Pacioretty, of course, returning from injury for the Knights. He missed all three round-robin games, but was back in a normal capacity on Tuesday. The Hawks, I think they did a good job of keeping that line from creating uh, much offensively. They weren't able to put the puck in the back of the net, so that's always good. And doing just that once again, I think, will be another big key to coming out with a win today for the Blackhawks. The second line of Jonathan Marchessault, Paul Stasny, and Riley Smith torched the Hawks in Game 2 as Smith had two goals and an assist, Marchessault added two assists, and then Paul Stasny was Vegas' best faceoff man, winning over 54% of his draws. Uh, the Hawks, they've always had a problem with Marchessault and Smith in particular, but they can't let the second line be the guys to beat them here today. Make the bottom six be the guys to beat you, if anything. And starting with the bottom six, that third line of Nick Cousins, Chandler Stevenson, and Alex Tuck was fairly quiet in Game 1, but Tuck was buzzing around. He was flying, uh, always dangerous, while Cousins and Stevenson, they provide that line with some good size to round things out. And then we know the fourth line of William Carrier, Nicholas Waugh, and Ryan Reeves. They're just a bunch of wrecking balls, but they're also good for a few goals every now and then, so the Hawks always have to be aware when that uh, uh, that trio is on the ice for Vegas. 
On defense, the top four of Braden McNabb and Nate Schmidt and Alec Martinez and Shea Theodore, they were really good in game one. They did a fine job of keeping both Taze and Kane and those guys from getting really anything going when they were on the ice. But I do think the third pairing of Nick Holden and Zach Whitecloud is the one area where you can attack these guys defensively. Don't get me wrong, both good players, but Holden, he's a bit older now, and Whitecloud is an unexperienced rookie, so compared to those top four guys, those are the two you definitely want to pick on when they're on the ice for Vegas. As for my prediction here quickly... Uh, I am hopeful the Hawks are able to come out with some energy today and come up with basically a must win. Uh, So I am going to pick them once again to come out with a victory. I was wrong about game one, but let's hope I'm not about game two because I'm going to say the Hawks are going to win this game five to three this afternoon. I think the fourth line cashes in for a goal and Patrick Kane gets things going again. But I'm also going to predict that Alex DeBrinket scores his first career postseason goal to lift the Blackhawks to a 5-3 victory. Alright Blackhawks fans, I think that takes care of everything I wanted to talk about before the Hawks take on the Golden Knights at 4.30pm Central Time this afternoon. Now I am going to take a look at the first round of the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs and give you my prediction of the outcome for each series. This is the Locked on Blackhawks podcast. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at Talkin' Hockey, or you can always email the Locked on Blackhawks email, which is LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, myself, or anything that has to do with the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And speaking of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, I am now going to give you my predictions for each of the first round series. And I know they have all played one game now, but I promise I will stay true to my predictions that I made for my official bracket in the NHL's bracket challenge. So, starting with the Blackhawks, I stayed true to my boys, and yes, I picked them to win this series in seven games. Foolish? Completely. But I gotta go with my guys here. It was it was tough to see Vegas win the, this first game, and it was a game that the Blackhawks could have stolen, but Vegas was able to come out on top, so that makes my pick a little more disheartening. But a big game two here for the Blackhawks. Uh, a victory would go a long way, not only for the series, but me feeling better about picking them in seven games. Um, but moving on now to the two versus seven matchup, which is the Colorado Avalanche and the Arizona Coyotes. I picked the Avs to win this series in five games. I think that offense is just way too much for uh, the Arizona Coyotes to handle, and we saw that in game one. Arizona put up 14 shots on goal. Arizona had like 45, and they won the game 3 nothing. so my pick's looking pretty good there. The 3-6 to six matchup now was the Dallas Stars as the three-seed versus the six-seeded Calgary Flames. I picked the Stars to win the series in six games, but Calgary came out and took game one. This series is kind of a toss-up. I picked... Dallas because I think they have a strong defense and good goaltending, but I wouldn't be that surprised to see Calgary come up with a series win. 
And then the last first-round matchup is 4v5, which is the St. Louis Blues versus the Vancouver Canucks. I picked the Canucks to win this series in seven games. I think they're the dark horse right now in the Western Conference. Not a lot of people are talking about them, and not a lot of people wanted to watch their series versus the Minnesota Wild, but I think Vancouver could win this series, and then I also think they could beat both the Stars and the Flames, uh, or actually they would be the highest seed available. So yeah, they'd be playing the lowest seed next round. They'd be the Stars or the Flames probably if Vegas and Colorado win. Um, but I think they have a chance to beat both those teams if that's how the Western Conference plays out. So Vancouver came up with the Game 1 win last night against St. Louis too, and St. Louis has yet to win a game since coming back from the COVID-19 pause. They lost the exhibition contest to the Blackhawks. They lost all three round-robin games, and now they lose Game 1 to the Canucks. Not a good look there for the defending Stanley Cup champions so far. Moving on now to the Eastern Conference, starting with the 1v8 matchup of the Philadelphia Flyers versus the Montreal Canadiens. I have the Flyers winning the series in five games. Game one was actually a, a close battle. The Flyers won 2-1, to one, uh, but they're a very good team, and they've been playing well together this whole season. I just think they got some good chemistry going. They're also a sleeper in the Eastern Conference right now. So I have them in five games. I think Montreal could push this to six, but overall I think Philadelphia is still going to come out on top. Moving on to the 2-7 matchup, that's the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. And this time around, I do think Tampa Bay is going to get the job done. They had that crazy quadruple overtime game for Game 1, but Tampa was able to come out with the victory. And I have them beating the Blue Jackets in six games this year. The 3v6 matchup, that is the Washington Capitals versus the New York Islanders. And I have Barry Trotz in the Islanders defeating the team that he won the Stanley Cup with in the Washington Capitals a couple seasons ago. I have the Islanders taking this series in seven games. I just don't think Washington has played that well as a unit this season. And I think the Islanders are going to come out with the win. They won game one, so that's looking good for me so far. And then the last matchup I want to talk about is the eighth and final first round series. It's the Boston Bruins versus the Carolina Hurricanes. A really intriguing 4-5 matchup in this series. We saw Boston come out with the game one victory and double overtime thanks to that deadly top line of Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and David Pasternak. Bergeron came through with the double overtime game winner. I have the Hurricanes winning this series in seven games. I think they're sneaky right now, and Boston was another team that didn't win any of their round-robin games. Like the Blues, they made the Stanley Cup last season and don't win any in the round-robin, but they get a fresh start here against the Hurricanes, and that was a big Game 1 victory for them. So I don't know if they're going to be able to come out with the series win. I have the Canes in seven, but Boston, they definitely have the team to come out with a first-round series win. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how all eight of these series pan out, and we'll just have to wait and see as this first round goes forward here in these next couple of weeks. Alright, so I think that is going to wrap up Thursday, August 13th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and as always, be sure to subscribe and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news from all 16 of these teams in the first round of the 2020 postseason. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at Talkin Hockey. 
For any questions at all regarding anything related to the podcast, you can always email LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com or call 708-653-0572 to leave us a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. We need a big Game 2 win later on this afternoon in order to even up the series at one apiece. So I hope everyone enjoys the game and doesn't have several heart attacks like I will. So as always, thank you again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Your team every day.